Good lookings. Welcome back to some more Movie Men Madness. I'm Callum O'Toole and as ever I'm joined by a man who's more rhinestone than cowboy. <laughs> it's Johnny Smith of the Latest Picture Show blog. Johnny, how you doing? Welcome. I'm not bad. I'm rooting, tooting good. Could you give me a yodel to say hi to the listeners? Um, I can give them a yee-haw. <laughs> yee-haw, that's plenty. Yee-haw! Good. Very convincing. More convincing than some actors that we'll get onto later, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, Johnny... There's been some disturbing news from the world of competitive endurance tickling this week. The worst kind of news. A new documentary on the all-male tickling league has run into legal troubles with the film's subject, David D'Amato, claiming it portrays him as a deviant. Can't think why. <laughs> why, why on earth would that be the case? Uh, but who in the world of film do you think would last longest or be most successful in the world of competitive endurance tickling? Who would be most successful... I think I've, I've plumped early for Nicolas Cage. Right, I okay. think he's got a lot of frenzied facial expressions that mm. recycle around the internet fairly often. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, look it up. Google it. I think basically Nicolas Cage's manic face says endurance tickling. It's <laughs> all over it. So um, I think he would be good at tickling yeah. because he'd go into a sort of strange, crazed look and, and really go for it. And probably not stop and take it a little too far. Yeah. But also, I think you could tickle him for a very long time and he'd just... Just laugh it off and enjoy it. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's the way he could have taken them down in The Rock or in Con Air. He could have just tickled everyone into submission. That could be his next film. Yeah, I, I, I do think like he wouldn't, as his faces are so you know evocative. No, evocative is not the right word. Just mental is probably the word. <laughs> probably I'm much for. better. Yeah. Um, you know, he's giving too much away though to be a great tickler, tickling competitor. Yeah, that's true. I'm not really sure what the rules are. No, no, when, it depends. Do you, do you give up, yeah. or is it when you start laughing? Yeah, because if the rules are, if you yeah, if you start laughing and he's just being manic, then he could make the other person laugh with his mental face as well as the tickling. So. Yeah. Okay, Nicholas Cage. Well, I've um, I've got three simple words for you. I was thinking along the deadpan side of things, and my three simple words are Tommy Lee Jones. I reckon Tommy Lee Jones would be the hardest man to make laugh in the world. Oh. Seen, him in, seen him in The Fugitive. Was yeah, he's just, a he's a pretty miserable guy. Yeah, just just straight face, deadpan the whole time, and you like you'd be grinding your fingers down to the nub. Yeah, and he's just going, I don't care. It would be I'm like rubbing fugitive. rubbing stone, really. Yeah, you'd be like trying to massage a cement block. Yeah, uh, getting that face to go into anything that isn't just a straight up look of disdain. I think that's that's uh, pretty tough. And he's got a lot of wrinkles, so you'd probably just end up losing your fingers in there. <laughs> yeah, he's, Nick, he's quite In a weathered injured. crevice. Uh, I did have a couple of honourable mentions as well for uh, Hook. I think he'd... he'd yeah. I mean, the quite, we'd have to look up the rules as well. I mean, if, if gorging someone under the arms counts as tickling or if it's just, you know, causing someone grievous bodily harm. I think that's probably, yeah, definitely one for the rule book. Yeah. I'm sure the hooks yeah. are... Uh, that's one for David D'Amato to look up. <laughs> David D'Amato, who's not a, not a sex pester of her. No, not a deviant in any but way. But the film will, will probably shape our view on that. The all-male tickling league, not deviant at all. Let's give a rousing welcome to Mr. Hank Williams. All right, boys, ready to roll. When he first came to see me, he played some songs he'd written and offered him a contract right then and there. This week, then, we're reviewing I Saw the Light, which is a biopic of the country music legend Hank Williams. It's directed by Mark Abraham, and it features English actor Tom Hiddleston as Williams, and chances rise to stardom before his spoiler tragic death, aged just 29. Support comes from Elizabeth Olsen as his wife manager and duet partner Audrey, 
So, Johnny, it's fair to say this film hasn't gone down a storm. Uh, many cinemas are already pulling it, so are they right to do so? Yeah, probably. Enduring, I think, is, is the word that really comes up in the... It's an endurance event. It's, it's like, like a tickling competition, this is also an endurance this event. This is like to tickling Tommy Lee Jones in visual form. Would you rather be tickled by Tommy Lee Jones for how long to film? Two hours, about just over two hours? Yeah. Or, or sit Five days? Again? Five days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably Tommy Lee Jones. You'd probably Tommy Lee Jones, that's fine. It's just such an uninspiring biopic that really doesn't grip you at any point. It doesn't offer anything new. Uh, it's. I mean, it's struggling to get... Uh, double figures on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment in terms of percentage points and reviews. So, yeah, it's like I said, it hasn't exactly been going down a storm, and it, it's quite it's been quite an ordeal actually finding anywhere to watch the film, which is never a good sign. <laughs> yeah. People are actively trying to remove it from cinemas. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it's 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 not exactly. I don't know whether it's because it's Hank Williams, who obviously isn't as big in the UK as he is overseas, but it does start Tom Hiddleston, who is the man of the moment in the UK. Now, there's been some questions over his role, whether, I mean, Hank Williams' son, Hank Jr., has been very critical of his vocal performance in the film. Was Tom Hiddleston miscast in this, or, or was he a good, a good performance? I think it's, it's a strange choice, obviously, to get very posh English Tom Hiddleston yeah, to, old Italian. To, to play yeehaw country singer from Can 80 another years yeehaw. ago. Yeehaw! <laughs> get them all in. <laughs> but I think that the, Tom Hiddleston is not is actually quite good in it, right. by Tom Hiddleston standards. Yeah, um, which isn't saying much, really. No, I, I, I think agree the, with you. the main problems with the film are the fact it's just the script is boring. It's just a bit all over the place. There's some sort of there's some documentary footage in where they try and you know do those real interviews with people, but it just looks like someone's put a really crap sepia filter over it. <laughs> really cheap and amateurish, like so. a cheesy Instagram feed. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Hashtag um, hashtag yeehaw. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, Tom Hiddleston does his best with it. I mean, considering I think everyone would probably write him off, he does okay, but mm. the film is, is really beyond saving. Just going through your review of it, actually, on the latestpictureshow.com blog, uh, you said there is more to Tom Hiddleston than just bashful grins and disarming laughter in this film, which I'd say normally sums up <laughs> most of his performances, especially yeah. if you've seen The Night Manager, which was 95% built on bashful grins and disarming laughter. So what does he bring to this role that's slightly different? Uh, he's, he's got the accent, which is actually very good. Mm. He does the old Southern, southern drawl sort of thing pretty good. Like, you wouldn't know he was it was English and, and quite posh. Mm -hmm. He's just... He's dark and he's a bit dreary, but he, and he's not the most charismatic presence. No. But he sort of embodies this, this slightly creepy, affected country singer. Yeah. He's got the feel, he's got the sort of the sad feel around him. But the vocal performance, like I say, got panned by Hank Williams Jr. Uh, so what's, how, how's, how's the vocals and how's his, how does, how's his yodelling? I think his yodelling's okay. I mean, I'm not a, a Hank Williams aficionado. Whoa, 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 back up. No, you've got me confused with <laughs> Johan Smith, the uh, famous yodeler. Yo, Sam. But uh, he's, yeah, he's, he does well, Tom, with us. I think he sounds fine, mm -hmm. but obviously people are going to have problems with him. But yeah. I, I saw a thing when he, he, before he released the film, when he, he did play, he did go to a big festival and go on stage as Hank Williams and do a song and apparently everyone was very impressed. So, okay. so I think, you know, musically he's okay. It's just the uninspiring yeah. film I, around it. I mean, I don't think you're the only person that's saying that he's, you know, he's quite good in this film. I, the, the, him and Elizabeth Olsen were the sort of positive aspects of the film. So, you know, that's, that's, that's something to be said. But I just want to stick on Henderson for a moment because obviously there's been big news this week that they've suspended betting on him becoming the new James Bond. And I'm a massive fan of the Bond films and I don't want to see Tom Hiddleston as James Bond. What are your thoughts on that? 
I don't think he's the ideal candidate. He's just a bit weedy and nice, mm. and he doesn't have the mix of either being a bit aggressive like Daniel Craig, a yeah. bit gruff, or being the sort of Roger Moore, quite suave and a bit of a sex addict. Mm-hmm. But then I think the night manager was like him, giving Bond a good just, run. Just Bond light though, wasn't he it? Was there was Bond-like. no, th- it was just not convincing. There was no threat. Daniel Craig, you think could batter you up and throw you yeah. to a Komodo dragon? But right, okay, well, um, just to finish off, then last point. You said, in fact, you entitled your article, I think, on the latest picture show, Biopics Need to Stop. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are they, you, and a lot of the discussion was that they're basically just Oscar fodder. They right? really are. Uh, so, what, why do you, what's making you say that? They've just become a bit run of the mill now. Yeah. There's a person, they've got a few problems, they overcome them, mm. well done. And it's period detail you know it's all about just someone embodying a, mm. a character that we all know you know like Lincoln or Stephen Hawking in the Theory of Everything yeah. but it's just become a bit stale and boring yeah. you know like Walk the Line is a good is a good bar about Johnny Cash that's interesting and then we have this I saw the light it's like the same film again yeah. and just as we had the Imitation Game, we then have the theory of everything, and they just, they're, they're very formulaic. Mm. And, and you made the point that they, there's an, almost an arrogance about them that is just, just by having this amazing historical yeah. figure, it's like they have to win an Oscar, and they should be up for recognition, award recognition. Yeah, you know, it's like Selma sort of being absolutely outraged that they didn't get, you know, he didn't get a nomination. We, I mean, he was good as Martin Luther King in it, but... Uh, you can't just go, I must have one because I've played an important historical character. Right, so give me a rating on this film then. Um, I didn't fall asleep in it, so... Always a good start. That's positive. But I didn't really learn anything about Hank Williams, and I didn't really care about Hank Williams, so a three. Right. An uninspired three. Ditto, I'm going to go the same way as you, three. Everybody has a little darkness in them. And I'm talking about things like anger, sorrow, shame. I show it to them. And they hear it. And they don't have to take it home. All right, Johnny, I hope you've got your quiz hat on. Your genius helmet on. My, my quiz cowboy hat. Yeah, take that, take that dunce hat off and put your quiz cowboy hat on. Because it's quiz time in the Movie Men this week. So, uh, this week is, I'm going on the biopic line. And uh, this could be this could be very tough. I don't know, or it could be not that tough. Uh, what I'm going to ask you is, I'm going to give you five taglines to films, and I want you to tell me what biopic that tagline comes from, and who the act, well, not the actor, sorry, who the character is okay. that it's based on, and the biopic. So number one, I think this one's one of the easier ones. When God couldn't save the king, the queen turned to someone who could. Say it again. When God couldn't save the king, the queen turned to someone who could. I'm going to take a punt for the king's speech. Oh, I'm correct. Yes. Correct. And the character is? George. Yeah. George the second. George the sixth. Okay. Bertie. Yeah. yeah not, not good at my Georges. No. They, they all blend into one of them. Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you one for that because... Yeah, you've got, you got, you got, you know, your, your monastic history. Yeah, I'm not good on the late periods. Send me back to Richard III. And when I said monastic, I clearly meant Mon- Mon- monarchic. <laughs> Monastic. That's monasteries. That's the monk league. <laughs> yeah. The monk, the monk endurance tickling league. <laughs> no deviance there. Uh, question number two. Some men dream the future. 
He built it. I mean, obviously, it sounds like Phil the Dreams, but Phil the Dreams isn't actually. <laughs> Last time I checked, there wasn't a real person who went mad and built a baseball field I'm, of ghosts in his garden. I might need to look that up because I, I can't say in any way, shape, or form whether that is true. Uh, uh, what was it again? Again, uh, some. Uh, well, so some men dream the future, he built it. Um, I'm going to say Steve Jobs, but I'm. It's a good stab in the dark, actually, to be fair. And it's a very vague one. The Aviator, Howard Hughes. Uh, Question number three. Behind every code is an enigma. Oh, the imitation game. <laughs> yeah. Nice easy one for you there. The old... Bloody hell, what's his name? <laughs> Alan Turing. Yeah. He's got a nice statue in uh, in Manchester. Yeah, and I work just off Alan Turing Way, actually. There you go. Okay. enough of him. There we are. Uh, number four. This one's, this one's kind of cool. Um... Hello, my name is Andy, and this is my poster. This is an abstract-sounding one. Yeah, it is. Think abstract. The character is very abstract. I literally have no idea. 1999, Jim Carrey, Man on the Moon. Um, Andy Kaufman. Okay, all right. So, you. Well, you've got two out, two out of four so far. I'm so struggling. Well, this is your way to get yourself over the hump and get yourself more than 50%. That's the which is Which is basically the movie men pass mark is 50%. <laughs> I'm going to give you the tagline, and then I'm going to, and then if you can't get it from that tagline, I'm going to give you the second tagline, which you're definitely going to get it from. Two taglines. Yeah. Must be a good one. So first off, whoever saves one life saves the world entire. No, I'm not getting anything. Dude, this is I, I, the thing is now I'm reading them back. These could be like any film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so okay. So okay, that's the first tagline. Whoever saves one life saves the world entire. And now you're going to get it from this tagline. The list is life. Schindler's list. <laughs> Schindler's list. There we go. But he doesn't save one life. He saves several. It's probably a, a pretty a philosophical quote from somebody. Probably. Well, you beat the fifty percent pass mark. That's a result. Which is. I was getting a bit of a sweat on towards the end there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it turned out a lot harder than I'd anticipated. I, I don't know There's why. Some films which you don't of think of. Of, hash, of uh, taglines. Taglines. Yeah. What about hashtags? I think a lot of them. <laughs> Brain melted. What are these films? Films probably just have hashtags now. Yeah. Hashtag I saw the light and <laughs> left quickly. Yeah. Hashtag I saw the light and it plunged me into darkness. <laughs> I keep a close wall. On this heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the time it finds Because of mine I walk the line Given our main film this week was a biopic of an American country music legend There really was only one way we could go with the archive film too so, we're going back to 2005, and we're going back to Walk the Line. Starring Joaquin Phoenix as the iconic, legendary Johnny Cash, it tells the story of the musician's professional successes and personal struggles, with an Oscar-winning turn, too, from Reese Witherspoon as June Carter, Cash's guardian angel and eventual wife. And it's directed by James Mangold, who also did 310 to Yuma, and more recently, The Wolverine. And he's got another Wolverine film coming out in 2017, I believe. So, Johnny, um, I'm going to start off by saying this is a great film, one of my personal favourites. What has this film got that I saw the light doesn't? I think for a start, it's got Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah, okay. With 
It was, but then Hank Williams is a big legend, but I suppose Johnny Cash is more pervasive over here. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah, definitely. And I think Johnny Cash's music has got a bit more oomph to it, a bit more zip, and you know, a bit of double bass in the background. Yeah, keeping it going along. Whereas Hank Williams is a bit more classic whiny country, yeah. and it has <laughs> you know those sort of like country string. The slide guitar. Yeah, but it's just that bloke on the thing, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I never knew what made that sound. That was the one thing I learned from the sort of light. Yeah. How you make country whining sounds. So it wasn't a total wasted uh, journey to go and watch the film. No, definitely. Well worth the two and a half hours. That's um, fair, though. I think, I guess the point you're making now, I suppose, then is that the Hank Williams stuff comes from the 50, early 50s and is yeah. a very of its time. And then when Johnny Cash came along, you were getting into the more rock and roll side of country music. And then, so that was driving it forward a bit more recognisable and a bit more that we that what we would listen to today, really. Yeah, I think that's the case. A bit more relatable, a bit cooler, a lot cooler. And all the, the, there's a lot of little subtle, subtle references in the film as well, you know, like the, it's less overt that Elvis is around. There's more like Johnny Cash comes off stage and then Elvis goes on stage just after him and starts kicking into the song. And so, like, you got there's all these nice little subtle bits yeah. that, that are in the film. Without milking, sort of. You know, Elvis's appearance. Yeah. While we were talking about how Tom Hiddleston and to a lesser extent Elizabeth Olsen did get, have got some credit, have come out of that film with some credit, I saw the light. The central relationship in this film is really what carries it between Joaquin Phoenix and June Carter Cash. It gives it that sort of central core and that, that emotional core and that heart, really, doesn't it? Yeah, because I think it's what it sort of evolves into is a sort of love story between the two, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And Johnny Cash goes a bit off the rails. The man um, drives a tractor into a ditch. I mean, that's... Of water. No, into a lake, yeah. That's a serious country music breakdown, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's well, pretty extreme. Probably with a cowboy hat. <laughs> Yeehaw! Rootin' tootin'. Um, I think the thing with... It wasn't so much Johnny Cash with the root tootin'. Pretty just dressed all in black. Yeah, very deadpan. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, he, I think he, would, he would do quite well in the tickling. Competitive endurance tickling. Yeah, he would just say, I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> and then tickle away. Yeah. Tickle with a double bass yeah. in the background <laughs> yeah. dun, 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 dun. be like deliverance but tickling yeah, yeah good um, I think yeah, it is really I think it's, the best thing about it is the fact it's so well put together is that you get a bit of Johnny Cash's youth you know the riff with his, his father mm. and then you see his the gospel beginnings and then how he sort of gets inspiration for his songs and how he evolves whereas I saw the light he's sort of thrown in there and yeah. There's no lasting relationships. It's all a bit fragmented. And you don't really understand at the end why Hank Williams writes the songs he does and mm. inspires him. And you don't really understand why he's gone you know, so far off the rails and, and is this depressive alcoholic mm. with a bad back. That's a good point. There's a lot of really good ways of displaying how Cash came up with his music in those songs, in, the, in the, that film. I mean, a lot of it could be apocryphal and not actually true to the point but yeah it's just a nice little subtle reference again you know those little things that that, that they show it's yeah. like when he writes get rhythm and he sees the shoe shine boy yeah and he gets inspired by that yeah. you get at the end of it you understand what makes johnny cash tick whereas yeah. at the end of i saw the light you have no idea really what hank williams is yeah. or anything about him yeah okay what about the musical scenes as well yeah they've got a uh, They've got a lot of life, and I think Johnny Cash's music has got a lot more of, you know, playing in prison. Mm. So, and also, obviously, the, the dip, look, I've already talked about the Tom Hiddleston getting criticised for his vocal performance, whereas Joaquin Phoenix does a pretty good job on the vocals, and also learned to play the guitar, same with Reese Witherspoon, so they actually learned the instruments as well as, as, as performing the vocal performances. But so did Tom Hiddleston as well, to be fair, but it just, they're, they're just more convincing in those roles. Okay, and just to finish off, uh, 
I spoke about Hank Williams Jr. criticising Tom Hiddleston's performance, but also Roseanne and John Clark Cash, who's Johnny Cash's uh, children. They were actually quite critical of Walk the Line as a film, saying Roseanne said that um, the film didn't remind her of her parents at all, said she couldn't relate the characters on the screen to her parents. So does that kind of accuracy matter in a biopic, or is it about entertaining? I think there's a fine line between it. And I think the thing is that if it's, you know, family and friends criticising it to a point, it's always going to be the case because, you know, the the person who lives at home and is your dad mm. is going to be a lot different to the, you know, rambunctious country singer who's boozing in prisons and things. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think you'll ever... Because you have an idea of what, they, what they're like in your head and the film is never really going to be that. So I think as long as the general consensus is that it's done him justice, then I think that's okay. Right, so what are you going to give it out of uh, 10 rating-wise? I think it's a good, solid 8. 8. I would... I've got to say, I'm, I'd give it 8.5 at least. Yeah, I, I think really, that's fair really enough. I really think it's good. 8.5, As far as, as nine. biopics go, it's yeah. a really good one. I think it's up there with... Uh, as music biopics go, with Control, you know, about Ian Curtis. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a pretty cracking one. Yeah. I think if you can get the feel of the person through in a film and make it entertaining and, and keep an eye on the details then that's all you can really ask for I just can't wait until uh, in 50 years time they're scratching around having to make biopics about Ed Sheeran yeah that's going to be a good one <laughs> yeah. or uh, Justin Bieber yeah <laughs> Bieber and Sheeran what would you call an Ed Sheeran biopic building my Lego house or something <laughs> the Z team it'd what be like you know he, he, he busked to Wembley or something <laughs> yeah. it'd be really naff like that yeah from his rich private school to Wembley yeah. via some hard times on the couch. We got married in a fever, hotter than a pepper sprout. We've been talking about Jackson ever since the fire went out. I'm going to Jackson. I'm going to mess around. Three fast, three furious times. So over to Johnny for a breakneck trailer review sesh. So Johnny, uh, I'm going to stick 30 seconds on the clock and you know what to do. We've got three trailers and uh, I want you to give me about 10 seconds on each one. Okay, so are you ready? I think so. Okay, right. I'm looking forward to some good ones because we haven't had so many good trailers out recently, have we? So right, let's go. Three, two, one, begin. Race, the story of how Jesse Owens ran to Berlin, beat Hitler and won World War II. Glossy, epic, historical bar pick. It looks like every other one that we've just discussed. I like how they call it race. Next. <laughs> Money Monster, George Clooney attempts to act again as a financial guru, Lee Gates. He's taken hostage on his TV show by disgruntled viewer Jack O'Connell. Looks like Martin Lewis's money tips goes Hollywood. Next. Uh, the Sausage Party. Seth Rogen gathers all of his mates again and takes on animation giant Pixar with his own tale of fearful food escaping a fate worse than death, being eaten. Ta done. I don't know what noise I just made then. <laughs> Yeehaw! Um, okay, so three films there. Yep. Uh, race, I can see what they've done there. Uh, you know, Jesse Owens <laughs> works runs on so a lot in races. Race. <laughs> works on so many levels. To race. be fair to them, they couldn't have called anything else. Really. I mean, it does work on a lot of levels, but it is a bit obvious. Yeah. So of those three, what uh, do you think is the best looking one? Um, race, we've sort of covered bar picks. Yeah. You know, it looks pretty run of the mill. Looks run of the mill. Yeah, oh, there we go. No, no pun, pun intended. 
Money Monster, which I think has just come out, uh, looks okay, directed by Jodie Foster, but uh, George Clooney really irks me. At the moment, yeah, I think he's gone down in my estimation quite a bit. He's just sort of... George, I've never seen just... George Clooney really act <laughs> beyond first gear. I've never seen him really sad or yeah. really upset or really angry. He's just George Clooney. Just phoning it in. Yeah. I imagine George Clooney in real life is never very different from George Clooney in the film. Like in the Nescafe adverts. Yeah. Nesca- Nespresso, whatever it is. <laughs> exactly. That's just George Clooney being George Clooney. <laughs> yeah. Giving a shoe But he keeps getting parts, which is the worrying thing. And then the the highlight of the week is the sausage party. Oh my god, which, this sounds awful. Which uh, you know could go either way, could go either way. But Seth Rogen has basically made a Pixar film about sausage is the is the main character, but there's lots of other food involved. And it's basically how they love going from the supermarket to home. That's the holy grail is being bought. But then when they get back to the person's house, they obviously get chopped up and mutilated. And yeah burn and boiled which they obviously don't want so it's basically about food fighting back it's like Toy Story but with Frankfurters <laughs> if that doesn't make me want to go and see it what does? hello I am Andy and I would like to thank you for coming to my movie I wish it was better you know but it is so stupid. It's terrible. I, I do not even like it. Finally, as is traditional on the show, we're going to finish off with our top five. And this week, the top five has been delivered by Johnny. So, Johnny, what route have you gone down for this? Well, I've, I've had a, you know, I've tried to think, keep with the musical route of I mm-hmm. saw the light wall one. So I was thinking for a bit fictional musicians okay. in the film. Thought about it. That's, That's for, for another, another week, time. For another week. Yeah. So, uh, I went for musician slash band cameos in films. Mm-hmm. All film or is it TV? All film. Okay. TV could be a, yeah. a tricky minefield when you get something like vinyl. Aerosmith. And which is just you, add. You could just have a in. Simpsons one. But anyway, that's not what we're doing. Film. <laughs> it's fuck TV. <laughs> uh, so, coming in at number five is the 60s band The Yardbirds, mm-hmm. who appear in the 1966 film called Blow Up which right. is really all yeah. about the swinging 60s and it's a bit existential and, and arty-farty Italian. Mm-hmm. But it was very popular at the time um, and the Yardbirds, who had Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck in it, so pretty good guitarists, uh, they appear in a scene at a, playing at a gig as themselves and basically the gig goes wrong and Jeff Beck ends up smashing his guitar and throwing it into the crowd. Yeah, that's rock and roll. That's pretty rock and roll. Apparently the Who were supposed to do the, the par first oh, yeah, into the guitar smashing, but they... Uh, they didn't want to, so in came the Yardbirds. They were probably too busy doing Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. And ruining my generation. <laughs> uh, so they're number five. Number four, I've gone for Alice Cooper and Wayne's World. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because we all like Wayne's World, mm-hmm. uh, a film that loves music. So Alice Cooper's appearance, because um, they go to his gig, I think, at the end, and then see him and go into a rendition of We Are Not Worthy. An odd man. He appears in a lot of places, like... Virgin TV, Virgin Flight adverts. He was in an Apple advert not long ago. You know, he's massively into golf as well. Yeah, he loves golf, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. Not what you'd expect from a wild child of rock like him. Not having a um, you know, having a big snake around your neck. Yeah. A lot of gothy makeup as you as you take out your driver and hit the range. Number three is Keith Richards in Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm, yeah. World's End was his first appearance, but he's been in a few of the others. Because obviously he was the inspiration for the 
character Jack Sparrow. Of course. Yeah. So um, Keith Richards didn't really have to put a lot of makeup on or do anything. <laughs> he just came out looking shit. Yeah. But I think uh, Keith Richards, just because he embodies the part so well by doing nothing but looking looking right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the weathered look of a pirate really suits Keith Richards with his uh, bandana. Yeah. Uh, coming to number two is everyone's favourite Welshman, Tom Jones. Who, if you remember What's the this? film Mars Attacks by oh, Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He's got a bit more than a cameo. He crops yeah. up quite a lot, but an utterly bizarre film. Incredibly. Michael J. Fox is in it as well, isn't he? I think Jack Nicholson's in it as well. Yeah. Um, Did Jack Nicholson play the president? I can't yes, remember. It's a long time since I've it. seen it. It's a bizarre film, but it's not actually that funny. <laughs> no. But so mental. And the best bit is at the end when they beat the aliens... And by Tom Jones singing and then Tom Jones comes out from the crash site onto the rocks and just breaks into a great rendition of It's Not Unusual as all the birds fly around him when in reality the irony is that it couldn't be more unusual exactly what's going on, yeah. you think how can we end this film well Tom Jones is here we might as well go to sing I'm just not sure how the conversation went that, that someone went we're making this film about Martians attacking Las Vegas and Tom Jones would you like to be in it and he went yes of course, nowadays it'd be Britney Spears because she's got a show in Vegas. And Barry Man, I thought that'd be a great film where all of the has-beens of Las Vegas have to come together and save the world from aliens. Penn and Teller. Who were the guys who had the white um, white tiger? Oh, Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> yeah. They could ride their tigers into battle. That'd be uh, a great film. Barry Manilow had come in. I'm not sure what his powers are. Mars Attacks Two. We're remaking it. Look out for that one in, in 2019. <laughs> uh, and then number one, Siegfried and Roy is still alive. Sorry. I think Roy got mauled by one of the tigers. <laughs> yeah. But uh, apart from that, they're doing great. Yeah. Um, number one, I've gone for David Bowie in Zoolander with his good David Beckham central parting sort okay. of look. Uh, as he judges Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson having their uh, model off. We all like referencing David Bowie because he's dead now. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so we throw him in and yeah. join the bandwagon. Yeah, we have literally leapt on that bandwagon. Riding it all the way to Mars Attacks 2, starring Seafried and Roy. Why can't this crazy love be mine? coro más bajito. That is all from The Movie Men this week. Remember, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes and on Twitter at The Movie Men Show. Uh, and what's happening over at the latestpictureshow.com blog, Johnny? What have you got on there? Ooh, I don't know. I just saw the film Sing Street, uh-huh. uh, which was excellent, so I, I might pen a review of that. Also but known as The Commitments Part 2. I might do a review of that, but only use lyrics from 80s new wave bands. <laughs> so okay. we'll see how badly that goes. Johnny and I are both off till early July on European Championship football-related activity, aren't we, Johnny? We are indeed. Yeah, which is a shame, so we won't be able to record, dear listeners, loyal, loyal listeners. Uh, But we'll be back after them with some great stuff, hopefully, so uh, please keep looking out for that at the start of July. Adios then, listeners. Me and Johnny are off to chuck this whole sorry mess into a burning ring of fire. See you next time.